Hey, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? I'm Jamie. I'm the lead pastor here. And if you would open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. And we're starting a new series today called Realign. Realign. I'm going to say a little more about what all that's about in just a second, but I wanted to share, first of all, just from just a, a brief word from 1 Timothy chapter 2, 5 and 6, which is not the main text for the day, but the Lord really highlighted this about a week and a half ago to me, and I felt like I was supposed to share it again. I shared it last week, and by the way, if you weren't here last week, be sure and listen to the message from last week. There were It was Life Group Sunday, and we had all kinds of testimonies in the first service, and then all kinds of testimonies in the second, and John spliced those things together, and it's just life-giving, cheering encouragement about what God's doing in the life groups. And so I really want to encourage you guys to listen to that. But I, I shared this word, and I want to just share it one more time. First Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says, uh, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. And you know, it's, it's interesting that the thing that hit me as I is just the Lord dropped that into my heart, just that Christ is the mediator between us and God. So he is God, but he's also man, and he brings humanity right into the presence of God. That's what he does for us. He crosses that bridge and brings us to God, which is just, isn't that awesome? But it's not all that happens there. He not only brings us to God, but he also, because he lives in us, he brings us to one another. So I can't see inside of you and you can't see inside of me, but Jesus who lives there draws us closer to one another. I've been in a number of just times, I've just committed to when I get together with people eating meals, uh, just in, in this last little season, eating meals or uh, talking through things or pastoral stuff or whatever, I've just, I've just said, let's pause and let's recognize Christ in each other. Good stuff is on the other side of that because it allows me to see not just a person, a, a, you know, a body, but, but that Jesus lives in you. And it allows me to see your... I see you through His eyes. Uh, we've got a mentor from years past. His name's Ralph, Dr. Ralph Neighbor, And he would always stand up when he started to speak and say, the Christ in me greets the Christ in you. Isn't that good? So not like super awkwardly right now, but just kind of look around. It's always awkward when I do this, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus is here. He's here. Okay, that's that. I just want to encourage us with that. Keep seeing Jesus in each other. He is the hope of everything being made right. Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's plural, by the way. Christ in y'all. Okay, so we're starting this series called Realign. And this is the first Lent series that I've ever done. I mean, I've maybe referred to it, but I've never really done. So we kind of been using the church calendar a little more lately. In Advent, we used literally verses and passages from the revised common lectionary that the church around the world uses, all different kinds, nations and all that kind of stuff. And so it was, it was, it's exciting at one level. And so we're doing that again with this series on Lent called Realign. Now, how many of you, what do you think of when you think of Lent? No Facebook. <laughs> no, fa no Facebook. What else? Come on. What, what's that? Giving stuff up. 
Giving stuff up. So, so what's that? Charcoal. Oh, okay. Ash, Ash Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. That's why I'm doing. That's why I'm starting it now. Is because we uh, lower church people that we are, no robes or anything like that. So lower church, we need some help in some of these things that the church has practiced since. Like, did you know that Lent was really started at Nicaea? That's when it became official. Nicaea. We're talking like the 350s. It's a long time ago, and it was kind of connected to. Jesus' temptation that lasted for 40 days where he gave up food to press into God and withstood temptation. And so there's something here for us just to participate. I'm going to encourage everybody to think about, talk with your husband, wife, roommates, uh, whatever, and say, hey, is there something I can do to participate? You know, Facebook, actually a great suggestion, but, but it could be something to do with food or media where we just kind of push things off to the side so that we can more fully focus in on Jesus. That's what this is about. So I'm, I'm taking you know, some of the mystery out of that so that I want us to participate, to, to join in there. It's about alignment with God. It's about alignment with God. We do that through prayer and worship. It's about alignment with self. And that's where we give up some things. You know, in my own journey, uh, for a couple of decades, I had a day of prayer and fasting every single week. I just that, that was part of my journey. But the last couple of years, I've kind of gotten away from that. And th- this year, I've kind of jumped back in, and it's been good for me. It's good for me. It's good for me. And it's, I'm only talking like a couple of breakfast and a lunch on one day of the week. And, and but it's I like you know, I use that time to pray, the breakfast time and that lunch time, and good stuff comes out of that. I always feel a little more tender in my spirit after pushing away from something so that I can press into God. Sound like a good good thing? I'm not saying that to toot my my horn. My point is somebody's got to talk about this so that the church can be encouraged. So that's that's my point there. So jumping into this Lent season, how many of you guys knew that today is Transfiguration Sunday? (laughs) Sound like minions. (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That was random. I didn't say that in the first service. Um, so transfigures, I didn't know it either. You know, but around the world, people are reading this passage that we're about to read together. Transfiguration Sunday. And basically, if you take the whole thing in context, Exodus 34, Moses goes up on the mountain. And when he comes down, he's glowing. His face is so bright, he has to put a veil over his face when he's with the people. Paul refers to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, whenever the law is read, there's a veil over the people. Just like back then, they couldn't see. They couldn't see the reality. But whenever anyone turns to Jesus, the veil is removed and light comes into their lives. And that's what we're tying in today as we read the transfiguration passage and... Uh, so let's just let's just work our way through this passage. It's a long reading, and uh, but Father, I just ask, give us light today in the reading of Your Word. Shape us, change us, transform us into the very image of Jesus. Amen. This is Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-eight. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James and went. Uh, with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Now, as I'm going through this, as I first read through, I was like, 
Eight days, eight days from what? Well, it's when eight days from when Peter had confessed Christ. So you've got this massive revelation from heaven. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. So God's speaking through Peter, to, giving him a revelation. He's able to see who Jesus really is. And in Matthew's version, remember we, we went over this just a few weeks ago. In Matthew's version, just moments later, he's saying, you don't need to go to the cross. And Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. So the, the point here is that, guys, if Peter's capable of it, we're all capable of the same kind of stuff. So eight days after that, he goes on and he says, and as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Now, some of you guys may have been here a few months ago when I, I shared a, this past summer, I was in Colorado and a storm was coming in. I was up in the mountains and I put my phone up on the window and a lightning bolt struck a big gigantic tree about as far away from me to the sound booth. It was 50, 60 feet. Boom! Bam! And the alarms start going off in the house and everything. And it's fortunate that I didn't like say anything bad or something on the video. It's like, and because I mean, it freaked me out. The house alarm's going off. And I went back and I took that video and I got the still frame of that one frame where the lightning bolt hit, and it's jagged lines shooting out of the sky. Oh, that's it. <laughs> it's you, man. But I, I, so I'm reading this passage, and I go and look at this picture, and just look at the brightness of the lightning bolt. That's the still frame of that lightning bolt striking that tree. Isn't that wild? So I'm just trying to embellish the, the reading here. Yeah, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. And they spoke about his departure, which, was about to, uh, to bring, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. Okay, I'm going to just show you, I don't know when this happened, years and years ago, but I highlighted that in my Bible. When they became fully awake, they saw His glory. And it, it, I remember when I saw it, the reason I highlighted that is like the Lord was speaking to me. You know, just thought you've read the verse 50 times and on 51, it needs a highlighter. It needs a highlighter because when they became fully awake, they saw His glory. Oh, Lord, wake us up. Wake us, wake us up that we can see your glory as you are. And the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up shelters, three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. <laughs> oh, man, I mean. How many times have just been like in the presence of the Lord and not know what to say? You know, he didn't know what he was saying. This sounds like a good idea. Let's do something. We need a, this is awesome. We need to do something. It goes on. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them. And they were afraid. And as they entered the cloud, a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I love, uh, to whom I have chosen. Quoting the other one, sorry. This is my son whom I have chosen. 
listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. And you know, this was so impactful that Peter, what he saw with Peter, James and John at the end of Peter's life in second Peter, chapter two, verse one, he's still talking about this day. You know, he says, we were there. We were there on the mountain. We saw Jesus. We saw what happened. We heard the voice from the cloud and it rocked our world. Basically, that's what he's what he's saying. We are changed. So this is a glorious moment, this transfiguration. But it goes on and there's an interesting contrast that I want us to see as we read the rest of the text. The next day, verse 37, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. It throws him on the ground in convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and it is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring your son here. And even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him on the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. So, what's going on here in this, this passage is you've got at one moment this glorious thing happening and then it's like heaven touching earth. Jesus, seeing, them seeing a little bit more of the glory of Jesus as He is. You know, in Revelation 1, you see even more. You know, John's there. He doesn't fall down like he's dead in this time. But in Revelation 1, what's he do? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, just going to die. I'm going to die. I'm in the presence of Jesus glorified. And uh, so you've got this glorious moment, one, one moment, and then you've got this such mundane people oppressed by the enemy on the earth. And we live in the tension of these places. This is our destiny to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And yet we live in the midst of life's hard. There's trials. The, the enemy is real. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We've got a real enemy who oppresses us. And maybe it doesn't always look like that, but, but, uh, but he's real. And he brings attacks in so many different ways. And so here's the main thing I'm trying to say in this realign to Jesus message today. God wants us to take advantage of this season that we're in, the season we're stepping into that starts on Wednesday, Lent season, to realign our lives to Jesus. Wherever there needs to be some measure of calibration, Lord, do it. Lord, do it in us. Lord, have mercy and let us have mercy released in our lives and calibrate us to your love, life, purpose, destiny, your image, right? So here's what I want to just say, just briefly, two points. Realign to Jesus in the highs and in the lows. And then I want to talk about some practical ways that we realign. So in the highs, you know, it's, it's, it's not as difficult to, to stay focused on Jesus. Now we can say some weird things. He did not know what he was saying. We can still do that. But it's, it's probably... You know, if I said, how many of you guys, it's going so great right now, I can't even stand it. There might be a few. I'm just dancing through the fields, man. I'm just, it's like glory to glory for me. 
And then there's probably some others of us that are they're struggling a bit. And you'd say, man, I'm really kind of more in the, in the valley. But so we're, we want to realign to Jesus not just in the high times. You know, Mark says, the, the place I highlighted in the transfiguration, Mark says, and they saw no one but Jesus. Isn't that great? They saw no one but Jesus. Lord, pull these, pull these distractions out of the way so that we can walk with you so that we can see you and keep our eyes fixed on you and cast off things that are dragging us down and run the race with perseverance that you've marked out for us. So in the highs, we want to we want to realign to Jesus, but also in the lows. I'm going to spend a little more time here because I honestly believe that if we really did a survey, there'd be some more lows than highs right now. I mean, we've uh, we've let me just share what it's like. This past week, I had a manic kind of week. And so, uh, Monday, uh, we've, been, we've been going through some stuff. The enemy's you know, just work, just attacking us. Our elders to a person. Our staff to a person. And I went in on Monday, and I mean, I was filled with the presence of God. I was just full of Jesus. It was one of those, like, I wish every day was like that. They're not, but I wish every day was like that. <laughs> It was awesome, man. People were struggling around me, and I'm like, whoa, Jesus has won this deal. I wasn't wasn't like that. It was like, inside, I was like, yes, I want to cast vision. I just shared some vision, you know, and stuff, and then prayed over the whole team, prayed over everybody by name, laying hands, be filled with the power of God. He's going to just, just going around like that, you know, just just throw the thing down. Yeah. So it was, it was like awesome. It was a great day filled with God, you know, encouraging, releasing God's blessing to other people, you know. And then Tuesday comes along, Wednesday, just working through some hard stuff, you know. And Thursday, it was like, it was like a special dark cloud from the devil came and just was like over my head. And I mean, I went, it's like, I didn't know what was going on. I was just inside. I was, I'm trying to work on this message and just feeling really kind of down all of a sudden. Like really, there was a sadness almost. And I, I left to go to lunch. I didn't have a lunch schedule that, scheduled that day. And, and like I often do when I'm by myself, I went through the drive through at Chick-fil-A. And people know that know me know that I often take people to Chick-fil-A even when I have a lunch scheduled. It's kind of my office away from the office or whatever. But I went through the, the drive through at Chick-fil-A and I got around to the to the window and had my card out to give to the girl, and she goes, oh, somebody was standing at the counter, and they saw that you were in the drive-thru, and they paid for your lunch. And I was like, wow, that's really, that's awesome, thanks. You know, so I, thank you, Lord, and I was driving off, <laughs> kind of happy for a minute. But I got back to the office, and that cloud thing kind of came back, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and uh, Nicole comes through the, she goes, hey, how you doing? And, and, and I was like, and I had that moment where you, you know, are you, are you going to be honest about how you're, how you're doing? Are we, are we just doing the greeting thing? And, and she walked through and, hey, how you doing? And I said, uh, so-so. And she goes, uh, sorry. I was like, uh, awkward. You know, and so I, I'm, I'm praying. and just, I, I hadn't thanked the Lord for the food yet. And I started thanking the Lord for the food. And then I remembered that I didn't even pay for this food. You know, I'm thanking the Lord for my number three, you know. Spicy with 
fries and sweet tea. And, and then I was like, Lord, and I'm, I always got tears in my eyes. I'm like, Lord, and thank you for the person that, if that's somebody here, thank you, you know, but if, Lord, whoever that was, thank you, God. And in that moment, I just clear as a bell, the Lord said, I see you. I see you. And I needed to hear that. You know, and I mean, I went back to my office, you know, and I was, I was still on me, and I said, I texted Kim, I said, pray for me. I don't know what's happening here. You know, and then it lifted. But what I'm trying to say is we live in these places. This is this is real life that we live in. It's there's glory and then there's what 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 am I doing? What am I thinking? What's what's this just it's you know, just following, you know, it's around, you know. It's hard. Um we've got some great friends from the past and I still see Dana quite a bit, but Heather Mercer and Dana Curry were arrested by the Taliban and they're part of our movement here at Antioch and, uh, back in 01 and uh, arrested by the Taliban in Afghanistan. And uh, they were being interviewed after they got released on the, by James Dobson on the radio. And they're just talking and he stops them at one point and he says, I've just got to say, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say the name of Jesus the way you girls say his name, Jesus. You, it's just you ooze love for him when you say that. And then he had them sing this song that they would sing while they were in prison. You know, uh, there is a light. His name is Jesus. Uh, shines in the darkness. There's a light. It shines in the darkness. His name is Jesus, the light of the world. I'm not going to do the octave of. <laughs> but he it finished, you know, finishes, and you can tell he's got tears in his eyes, and and uh, just loving on those girls, and 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 I remember Jimmy telling me the first time when he heard that on the on the radio, he said he turned it off, and he goes, and I know a thousand more just like him. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's again, it's, it's the highs and it's the lows. And the weird thing is, we, can't, we don't always even know what he's doing down here that may actually be, you know, a straight line to here. And it's just, it's all, it's all of that together. And so, realign to Jesus in the highs, in the lows, and practically. Let me just mention a few practical steps for uh, realigning here. And... Uh, one is communion. Uh, we realign through communion. What we just did is huge, you guys. It really is because for centuries, since the beginning of the church, you know, Jesus has called us to remember Him when we break the bread and drink the wine. You know, to, have, to share the cup. And, uh, you know, we... Uh, it's a big deal because in our doing this, we recognize that we are one body. We don't physically have one loaf. We have lots of little crackers. And we don't physically have one cup that we all share. You know, I've done that. You know, it's, but we have lots of little cups. But, but it's, it's when we do this together, there's something beautiful about the church that we see that we don't see any other way than us sharing this meal. And I would say even that it's broader even than just here. When we eat meals together, 
Every day they ate meals with glad and sincere hearts. You know, every day. And there was something even about their eating that was more than symbolic because Paul warns them, don't get drunk. Save some food for the other people that are coming later. You know, we were, I was joking in first service like, you know, how many little cups? <laughs> like 30, 40, like, give me another. <laughs> it's just a wild thought. The deal is, it's the reality behind what we're doing that changes us and transforms us. Like, we're being transformed as we share this meal. We are being changed. You know, the crackers, the juice represents the bread, the wine represents the body and the blood of Jesus. At World Mandate, just a couple, a couple weeks ago, we shared communion together, and it was awesome. It was powerful. And, we had, and I smiled as I opened up. We had, they had these little portable communion, whole complete pack thing together. And you peel off the top, and there's a little plastic wafer. So it's not plastic. Well, it seems like plastic. And you you put it in, and it just kind of you don't really chew it. It just kind of then it's not there. And I was literally smiling to myself after that, just going, "The, the plastic wafer represents the cracker, and the juice, which represents the bread and the wine, which represents the body and the blood." Of Jesus. And, but guys, in the middle of all that, He's meeting us. He's shaping us. He's changing us. He's, tra- he's making us one. He's making us one. He's getting us to realize the oneness that we, sh- that we share. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. You, you've got that. But then there's also this other dynamic a little later in that Ephesians 4 passage where we grow into a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of Jesus Christ Himself. And that's, what, that's our trajectory. That's where we're, we're going. So that's realigned through communion, realigned through baptism. There's another one that's just, it's, uh, it's huge. We're, we're in this, Lent is also a season of preparation historically in the church for baptism on Easter. Last year, I think we had 15, 16 baptisms. We're going to do that again. I'm going to do another class for baptism. We're going to have a big baptism day on Easter. I want to encourage you, if you've not been baptized, to join with us in that. But, but it's, we have so in the Reformation heritage, uh, in the evangelical heritage, we have so, we've so magnified believing that we, it's almost like we have to kind of move away from baptism. That's where our baptistry is. If you're visiting with us, we do a baptistry right here. That's why I'm pointing to this empty space. <laughs> And we have, but that it's like, this is a symbol, this is a symbol, this is a symbol. And it's like, we miss the fact that God's really wanting to do something tactile. He's wanting us to, to physically enter into something. You know, it's like that changes us. And if we'll magnify the grace of God and understand what Jesus has done that we could never do, then these practices that we do, like baptism, will start to mean even more to us that we, fit, we go down into the grave and that we come up a new creation to the glory of God. And that, you know, we share this life together in Jesus. And it's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Another practical way that we realign is through worship. And when we worship, man, where's Jonathan? It's not in this. So just 
That was awesome, wasn't it? There's no place I'd, ra- there's no place I'd rather be. I wouldn't want to be at some conference, and I've been in some great ones. I mean, I've played in some great ones, you know, just where it's like, oh, this is it, heaven is coming now. But I just week in, week out, there's no place I'd rather be than right here worshiping with you guys. I'll tell you what we pray, just so you'll know what our prayer is week after week. God, make this a thin place where heaven touches earth. Because that's what's coming one day. That's our, that's our great hope. That's the end of the Bible, is heaven and earth together and us living with resurrected bodies there together. So we pray, make this a thin place, and we pray, Father, let the sounds of heaven be heard this morning. We want to step into that. There's worship going on right now, and even though we've kind of stopped, they're still going. And we want this to, that to open up and us to participate and be a part of that whole fellowship of worship of the great God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we want to do that together. That's why this realign thing, it's, it's just together, together, together. And then the last piece, practical way to realign is through spiritual practices. And uh, we, you know, I really felt like early on that this was a word the Lord wanted us to have for this year is to, to be more intentional about the spiritual practices that we are participating in as a church. Spiritual disciplines. Things that we do, things that we don't do. Things that we pull back from, like food, it's, that's called fasting. Things we pull back from, people, that's called solitude. Things we pull back from, noise, that's called silence. And it's good for us to do those things. It really is. And uh, there's things we engage with. Prayer, worship, spending time with Jesus in the morning, abiding with Him during the day, being intentional about those things. That's, that's what these practices are. And again, I said it earlier, but I just want to encourage you guys Talk with your husband, wife, friends, roommates, and, and say, hey, what's something we can do for this Lent season? What's something that we can do? Maybe it's start to fast a little, you know, mix, miss, a, miss a lunch and spend that time praying from time to time. You know, uh, pull back from media a bit. Pull back from TV a bit. Pull back from something so that the point isn't just to be a, an ascetic. It's, it's to, to press into Jesus. I'm not just missing meals. I want to pray. I want to seek the Lord. All of this, everything I'm talking about here is about realigning to Jesus. And He's worthy. He's awesome. He's the Lord. He's the King. He's our Savior. He's the bread of life, the living water, the great I Am. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the bright morning star. He is the lover of our souls. He is worth pressing into. He's worthy. And once we start to see Him and a realign to Him, bam! You know, it's like Peter. We're rocked. And it may not be the same story as Peter's, but there's things that happen in our lives that we cannot go back from. I know it. You could torture me, but you couldn't make me deny what I've seen about Jesus. Sorry, that's, that's heavy. But I'm just like, it's the truth. Who He is, what He's done, what He's doing, what He will do. He is the Lord of all. And He's calling us to Himself. And that's the call today. Let's stand up. I'm going to just spend a moment here uh, just in, in worship. We do this. If you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every service just to give ourselves some space 
to respond to God. And uh, we're going to sing a song. Ministry team, come on up. And there's people up here to pray. And, and if the front fills up, just get prayer you know, from somebody there close by, maybe that you came with. But let's, let's pray. Let's press in right now. The, you know, I, I said this last week, but I've, I've got an old friend. He said, whenever there's an opportunity for more of Jesus, go for it. And, and again, it's not about this only, but sometimes it is. Sometimes the Lord's like, you need to go. You know, it's like, I don't want to go. <laughs> but, but we want Him. We want to realign our lives to Him, to press into Jesus. So Father, meet us today. Whatever our need is, Lord, in the end, we want You. We want to experience You. We want to experience the fullness of Your life that only comes by living life together in the church which is the fullness of Him, His body, who's filling everything in every way. So Lord, meet us today. Give us desire for Jesus. Help us to realign in these next few weeks, maybe like never before. Make things right with You, with us, in our own hearts, with others, where there needs to be things being made right. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, whatever your need is, if you need prayer, come get somebody to pray for you out there as well. Love you guys.